Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Well, he's been one of the headline acts, hasn't he? He's come and taken over the NRLW team, the Newcastle Knights. Uh, they were superb. They had that fantastic victory, 32 points to 12, over the Parramatta Eels in the NRLW Grand Final. Now he's been elevated to be coach of the Indigenous All-Stars. It's such a great honour. Uh, and on a, uh, a day where we thought we'd love to get the thoughts of an Indigenous Australian, yeah. uh, Ronnie Griffith's been good enough to join us on the line. G'day, Ron. Hey Jimmy, how are you? Yeah, really well, mate. Um, first of all, let's let's go to it. The Indigenous All Stars. Congratulations on that. Exciting, especially when the team has now been announced and there are some absolute superstars of the game. What gives you most excitement about leading this group for the upcoming All Stars match? Oh, I think it's you know you're coaching the superstars of the game, but you're also you know we've got an opportunity to provide um, you know. To give Bailey Butler, someone like Bailey, he's, he's you know crack at the uh, playing at the, the highest level against some of the most elite players in the game. Uh, he's a 24 year old man who spent the uh, summer with Redcliffe during a preseason there, and has gone back home to play with the Capras. He's got two young kids, and you know this could be his way out of, of where he is up there, and, wow. and provide a, a pathway for him in the NRL. Ronnie, I um I don't belong to either of those uh, cultures, but this is one of my the most exciting games, I think, I think because it marks the start of footy, but also it's just so um, interesting to learn about the cultures mm. and also to see the feeling behind it and, and that kind of thing. I know it means a lot to the people who are a part of those cultures, but is it does it also bring you joy sort of sharing that with other people? Well, I think that's what that the, the week's about. Um, you know, it's not just about the, the football. Obviously, it's about showcasing our two cultures, but in particular, you know, from my perspective, it's the... You know, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture is the world's old, oldest living culture. So when we're out there, we don't just represent for that week or, or represent, you know, the people that are here now. Um, you know, we look at how long we've been around and that's what we're trying to display and show. Yeah. One of the features of the All-Stars game is what uh, the Indigenous team do internally and externally within the community around that education piece that you talk about, Ronnie. Is this going to be impacted because the game is over in New Zealand? Like, will, will you get a chance to interact with... Um, in communities in Australia before you go over? Yeah, we, we're going to go into camp Saturday and we're going to uh, fly out to different regional ports on Saturday and do some work, then come back into the hotel on Saturday um, and stay there. But uh, moving forward, Jimmy, we've got to, you know, I've put together an overarching plan where we can spend maybe uh, three weeks or three weekends throughout the year where we might go to the Torres Strait, go to remote central Queensland, go to remote New South Wales and take plays to each of those locations. So. Right. Uh, you know, that's the, the long-term vision where we hope we can keep driving the growth of the game and also provide opportunities for those young kids that are in those remote communities. So would that be for, with Indigenous players that might be on a bye weekend? Is that is that how that's going to work? Yep. Yep, right. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, 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 that's how it will work. Uh, Ron, can you tell us a little bit about also who you're, some of the players that you're excited to be 
coaching too. I mean, I know you've been involved in the women's game um, as well with, unfortunately, what's going on with there with the CBA at the moment. I imagine you you aren't able to coach any players, uh, female players at the moment, but uh, just with those men's players that you're excited to, to coach, who are you looking forward to? Oh, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the usual suspects like Latrell and Katie, it'll be great having them together. Um, you know, they form a dynamic partnership at South and I'm sure they'll do that for us. You know, Nico Hines was the Dally M player of the year last year. Uh, he's going to be great to, to have in camp. And I'm also looking forward to, to having Kieran Mosley in camp, who's played NRL previously. I just think that, um, yeah, he's got a lot to offer. So it'll be great to, uh, great to get him in camp and, and work alongside him. Uh, really exciting from that point of view. A little bit frustrating, I would imagine, from an NRLW point of view. We've spoken about it a lot. Uh, Jaleesa spoke earlier this week with Keely Davis from the, the Dragons. How has it been for the Knights? Obviously, Premiers, so therefore, you know, you've got a good program going there. You've got some of the absolute superstars of the game playing with the Knights. How has it been from you in regards to talking to these players, contracting them, and, well, that probably hasn't happened, and assuring them that what you can present there is something that is attractive to them. Well, we, we started after the competition finished and made it clear that we wanted to retain everyone. But, you know, the longer it goes, the harder it is to, to keep that up, I suppose. So, um, you know, we're now, we won the competition in October, so we're now three months away, or, you know, further three months on. It's just, yeah, the players are extremely frustrated. The club is frustrated. We can't make any formal offers because we don't know what the conditions in terms are of, of what the CBA will be. So, um, you know, from our perspective, um, at least we've got the foundation in place. But when we're looking at clubs that are coming into the competition, they've got nothing. They want to hit the ground running and they've yeah. already missed out on a, a two-and-a-half-month window period. So it's, I'd imagine it would be tough for them and they probably want to hand back their licence after what they've seen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, hopefully we can resolve it in the near future and, and get the ball rolling. Do you fear that after such a successful year um, and the quality that the game produced that perhaps if you've got underprepared teams coming into the competition, it could diminish that? I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm not sure that's the case because a lot of them are training with Harvey Norman and I know that the, the clubs the, uh, are aligned with state league clubs, so I think they can get the, mm-hmm. the necessary coaching from that perspective. But, yeah, I, I just probably just above all else, just doesn't paint a great picture in the media or in the public for what we're actually about as a game. And I, and I know we value the, the female game or the female athletes. Um, it just doesn't paint a great picture. You know, we're trying to entice other players to come to, to our code. We're also trying yes. to entice the next young crop of kids coming through. Um, and for this sort of negative press, it's just not great. No, not at all. Massive increase in the NRLW salary cap. So I think up 156% was the number that was quoted, uh, 800,000 or 880,000. Um, what has that impact had on, I suppose it's hard to say, with without actually confirmation of contracting and so forth, and, and the emergence of the, say, player agents within that contracting process? Yeah, uh, the back end of last year, they were really prevalent, the player agents. But I think what it what it did do, Jimmy, without any sort of terms and conditions, is throwing out that sort of an increase. So players immediately found agents, or they already had them, but they also went to their agents then and started saying, well, you know, what's going on? We need a contract. This was right before Christmas, you know. Yep. Um, what are we signing? When's it going to happen? But there was no terms and conditions, so they couldn't do it. So above all else, it created more anxiety and frustration because no clubs could make offers, but there was a a figure there that we are able to, to spend. So. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, not straightforward. Hey, um, I want to ask you this, Ronnie. We're on Australia Day. So we had Ash Gardner, yeah, the, the Australian cricketer, uh, who came out. And she's working today. She's playing a, an ODI. And she, she talked about it as a day of mourning for her people. When you think of Australia Day, Ron, what does it, what, what feelings does it engender in you? I couldn't have said it any better than what Ash has said. It's a day of mourning for our people. Um, you know, as a Gomeroy man, I, um, you know, we want to, we, we believe Australia is the greatest country. Um, you know, we want to celebrate Australia Day, but we want to do it with everyone, not not on a date that's the divisive. Yep. Um, we want to do it as a collective. Um, but yeah, for, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, it's certainly a, a day of mourning. Yeah, from the Indigenous community, is there a date? Is there is there a date that is more inclusive than January twenty six? I, I I just think that um, it could be any day, really, Jimmy. I just right. think that there's got to be some some leadership shown at the the federal government level where they stand up and say, well, you know, this is what we're going to do. Um, uh, it's going to take someone pretty brave to do that. Do you feel as though that is a realist, realistic now? I, I sort of feel like each year it becomes, you're almost, if you do celebrate on Australia Day, people sort of look at you and go, well, why would you do that? It is a really hard day for people. Do you think the tide is mm. sort of changing a little bit and people are getting more on board with, let's do this on a day where it is inclusive to everyone? Oh, I certainly think so. I think the empathy that people show towards Aboriginal people is... Um, yeah, it's, it's grown exponentially, um, and I think it'll keep gathering momentum, and over time, um, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Ronnie, um, fantastic with your time today. Really appreciate it. Lots to go through with the NRLW, of course, the Indigenous All-Stars. As JA said, it's one of the great uh, great games of the year, and really appreciate your thoughts on uh, a host of topics today. Have a great day, mate. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, J.A. Take care. Uh, uh, Ronnie Griffiths there, coach of the pa- uh, Premiers, the Newcastle Knights in the NRLW, and now the coach of the Indigenous All-Stars side. He's a great fella. He's a great fella. Uh, we had him on the program in the lead-up to that. Well, it was after the Knights game up there at Central Coast Stadium as well, too. it was too. after the Knights game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to a make lot of supportive text messages of him as well. Tamika Upton and, and Millie Boyle and um, this 17-year-old. I think she's, she might even be 18 now. Jesse yeah. Southwell, absolute yeah. stars of the NRLW game. Right, we'll get to a break. After the break, we're back with more. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 11.70am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.